Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. series here about kingdom builders. I want to talk to you about, um, I want to talk to you about the story of the lad with the lunch, but from a different perspective, from the perspective of the disciples, because truly, as I was thinking this through, I thought truly Jesus used the disciples, the 12 that he poured into, uh, to be his kingdom builders. How many remember that Jesus, he made this statement, and I think sometimes when we hear it at first, we think that couldn't be right, but Jesus said, greater things you will do. Isn't that what Jesus said? Because when I first hear that, I think, no, 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 Lord, there's no way. But what he was saying is greater things you will do together through the church Jesus through us. Remember they said, Lord, we don't want you to go away. He said, it's going to be better if I go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And the Spirit is going to empower you. The Spirit is going to pave the way. The Spirit is going to work through you. And I'll tell you, 2,000 years since the resurrection, the church, Jesus through us, has done more than Jesus did in three and a half years of earthly ministry. And so that has come true. But the Lord wants to work through us. And so I want to I take a look at this here. And, uh, they'll show it on the screen. Um, this, this passage of the fish and the loaves being multiplied. I want to look at it from the disciples' perspective today and just talk about little is much. Turn to somebody say little is much. Now it's only little is much when Jesus is involved, but little is much. It said later that afternoon the disciples came to Jesus and said, "It's going to be dark soon." Notice they said, "It's going to be dark soon." And the people are hungry. How many have ever uh, not ate until it was dark, right? Your stomach starts getting really loud. They said, Lord, the people are hungry, but there's nothing to eat here in this desolate place. You should send the crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. Here's what Jesus responded. He said, they don't need to leave. You can give them something to eat. Service doesn't need to stop. You give them something to eat. 
And they answered, Lord, but all we have is five barley loaves and two fish. Let me have them, Jesus replied. Then he had everyone sit down on the grass as he took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up into heaven. He gives thanks to God, breaks the bread into pieces. He then gave it to his disciples who in turn, they take what Jesus gave them and they in turn give it to the crowds. And everyone, here's the miracle, everyone ate until they were satisfied for the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. Catch it now. They picked up the leftovers and they filled up 12 baskets full. Now, if you know this story, they started with five loaves and two fish. But somehow little becomes much when Jesus is in it and five loaves and two fish became 12 baskets full. And that was just what was left over because the next verse tells us 5,000 men were fed in addition to the women and children that were with them. It wasn't just 5,000 people. It was 5,000 families. So turn to somebody say, little is much. Little is much when God is in it. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being here today. I believe we're in the right place. Thank you, the worship team. You know, Jesus has, has been teaching and preaching all day. And if you didn't know, uh, sometimes people, when they're preaching, they can get so excited that they don't know when to stop necessarily. They can go for a while. And even Jesus did this. He was a little bit, could be a little bit of what we might say, a long-winded preacher at times. But it was Jesus. <laughs> so the service had been going on, and in my imagination, uh, you know, it went on for an hour, and the first hour and a half was great. Maybe just like one of our services, we kind of have an expectation that we'll sing a few songs, we'll do the offering, we'll, we'll pray together, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll hear the message, we'll come to the altar, pray together, go out, and we kind of have that expectation. It's almost kind of just enough, right? Have you ever been in one of those services where you felt like, I've got my fill, and it's still going on? And this might have been how they felt, some of them. It was into the second hour. It was into the third hour. Faith was still there. Faith is still present. Uh, but people are getting a little restless now. It's, it's into Sunday afternoon. It's 2. It's 3 p.m. Jesus has been teaching. The Bible tells us he goes into a time of healing. Maybe there was an altar call of sorts and people that needed healing come. And Jesus has, has transitioned from teaching to healing. And now he's transitioned back to teaching and people are getting hungry. Their stomachs are growling. Uh, it's now it's late afternoon. The Bible says that it's almost dark. It, it had started much earlier, but now the Bible says evening is approaching. And the disciples must have got some sort of consensus before they approached Jesus. They must have been whispering to one another and kind of saying, Hey, maybe you could go tell Jesus that the people are hungry. Maybe, maybe we could go up together. And Peter's saying, I don't want to go up by myself, but John, if you come up with me, and John's saying, I don't necessarily want to go up with you, let's get James involved. 
And now they're getting a few more of the disciples and none of them want to do it by themselves. But now the Bible says that the disciples came together and they come to Jesus while he's teaching. Now, I don't know if I would ever want to interrupt Jesus while he's teaching. But the disciples came to Jesus while he was teaching and they say, Lord, it's been a good day. You had some good teaching there today. You had some good miracles and healing, but you know what? The the people are hungry. It might be time to just release them. It might be time to just do a closing benediction and let the folks go home, Jesus. I love how the disciples, notice how they blame it on the people. They don't say, Jesus, I'm hungry. I'm good to stay. They, they don't say, Jesus, I'm hungry. They, they are saying, Lord, I'm good to stay here all day. I'm not thinking about food. I'm only thinking about kingdom principles. I'm only thinking about the Holy Spirit. I'm only thinking about all the things you're teaching. But you know, Lord, it's the people that are hungry. It's their fault. That's why we're coming to you. It's not that we're hungry or we're restless. It's the people, they're hungry and they're restless. And Jesus says to them, them, he says they don't need to go anywhere. Now they might have been a little confused by this. Jesus says they don't need to leave. You give them something to eat. Now I want to take a time out right here and tell you that there is so much understanding in that passage right there. This is God's plan for kingdom builders. This is God's plan for his people, for his church, for his disciples. God wants to use what you have in your hand. God wants to use what you have in your life. God wants to use me. He wants to use you. He wants to use this church. He wants to use what's already in your hand. He says, you go ahead and feed them and they don't have to go anywhere and the service can go on. The healing can go on. The preaching can go on. The salvation can go on. If you'll just do what I've called you to do. And I want to tell us today that that is God's plan for us. Salvation is what God does, but it goes on when we do what we can do. Healing is His job. Miracles is His job. Forgiveness is His job. But He does all of it through what He's called us to do. He called us to be here. He called us to worship Him. He called us to pray. He called us to be faithful. And everything that he does, he does it through you. That's God's plan. God's plan is a partnership with us and him. And I'll tell you, this will change your life. What God, what often what you want God to do for you, he wants to do with you. God, change my situation. He will. If you trust him, if you walk with him. If you obey him, if you walk in righteousness, if you believe this book, if you do what he's called you to do, God's plan was for the disciples to take care of the needs of the people so that he could continue to preach and to teach. And remember what I just said when I, woke, when I opened up, that Jesus, it came time, he's got to ascend into heaven, and he says, now you go, now you baptize, now you teach everything I taught you, now 
now you go to the ends of the earth, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, all the corners of the earth. Because what Jesus is now doing in the earth with his people, he's doing it through us. And so God's plan is not to do it for you. God's plan is to do it through you. God's plan is to do it with you. Now, I know there's a little bit of resistance when you hear that, but let me explain. I cannot think of any time in Scripture. Now, we're Pentecostals here, right? I cannot think of any time in Scripture where the Holy Ghost knocked somebody out, and when they woke up, it was done. You might say Acts 8, the Holy Spirit picked up Philip. He, you know, wakes up. He's over here, but but he woke up. And he taught him, and he testified to him, and he witnessed to him, and he baptized him. It was the Holy Spirit that opened the door, but the Holy, he didn't knock him out, and he wakes up, and it's all done. What I want to tell you is that it's what God wants to do for you. He wants to do it with you. He wants to do it through you. Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want you to tell folks that it's going to rain and my judgment is coming. But if you build the ark, it'll save you. It'll save your family. Noah was faithful. Noah built the ark. And guess what? God saved him. You do what you can do. God will do what he can do. I can go on. Moses, here's the plan. I want my people to be free. I want you to go into Pharaoh's throne room. I want you to take that staff that you have in your hand. I want you to hold it up over the Red Sea. I'll part the Red Sea. I'll get you out of Egypt. I'll get you into the promised land. I'll get you through the wilderness. Moses, all I'm asking you to do is to lift up your staff, to open up your mouth, to move your feet, to walk into the Red Sea. Not to do it for Moses, but to do it through Moses. Samson, there's the jawbone of a donkey. Get to work. It's my power in you. It's my strength through your hand. It's my ability in you. There's the two pillars in the temple of Dagon. But it's my power through you. But you've got to put your hand to the pillar. You've got to pick up the jawbone. Jonah, I'm calling you to go to Nineveh. You've got to get in the boat. You've got to preach repentance. You've got to preach forgiveness. You've got to lead them on a fast. But God will do the saving, the forgiving, the miracle, the healing when we do what God has called us to do. wonder if anybody say amen. And so, so what I want to say is you're a part of God's story. How's God going to reach this city? Is he just going to do a thunderbolt clap and everybody's baptized? I, I guess I'd like that. But he's doing it through us. You go and teach. You go and baptize. You go and teach what I taught you. You go and baptize like I baptized you. You go and do those things. And so God's plan for the New Testament, we were just preaching about it for a month. God's plan for the New Testament is for the church to reach our city. For the church to be a place where the word is preached. For the church to be a place of salvation and healing and hope and, 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 and the presence of God and all of those things. And, and a lot of times we're just like the disciples. We go to Jesus and we say, Lord, there's a problem. Lord, there's a need. 
just, just fix it, Lord. And Jesus' response to us is, you preach. You feed them. You go. You give. You tell your testimony. You witness to somebody. You pick somebody up for church. You start the ministry. You open your mouth. You do the thing. You move your feet. Jesus' answer is, yes, I know that the world is lost. Yes, I know there's a need. Yes, I know there needs to be a church in Guatemala. But I've put it in your hand to do the need, the thing that God has to do. He's already put it in your hand. I think many times our prayers go unanswered because we pray, Jesus, there's a need. Why don't you go ahead and do it? But Jesus is saying, I've already put it in your hand. If you'll just obey me, if you'll just step out in faith, if you'll just lift up your staff. And so they had to use what was in their hand. When you bring something to to Jesus to work with, he doesn't want you to just watch the miracle. He wants you to participate in the miracle. Stretch out your hand and you'll be healed. He could have just hand in the cloak, your hand's healed, pull it out and look at it. He could have done that. But he wanted him to participate in the miracle. Stretch your hand out and your hand will be healed. The blind man, go and wash your eyes in the pool and your eyes will be healed. He wanted him to participate in the miracle. To the lepers, you're not cleansed yet. But go show the faith walking to the priests and show that you are healed. And the Bible said on the way they began to realize that their sores were closing up and they were healed. Why? Because God wants you to participate in the miracle. Pick up your mat and then walk. Go wash your eyes and then receive your sight. Go... Go, go lift out your hand and you'll be healed. Go to the priest and you will be healed. I think sometimes we pray, we say, God, use you, use me. Somebody will say, Lord, use me. And then, then the church will say, hey, we need some, uh, we need some kids' church volunteers. And we say, Lord, I don't want to be used like that. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's for somebody else. <laughs> we say, Lord, Lord, use me. Say, hey, uh, you know, we're short a couple parking lot guys out there. I know it's July, and you might sweat your, your sh- shirt out and your tie or whatever. But no, I don't want to be used like that, Lord. You know, use somebody else for that. Hey, we're going to do an offering for a, a pastor in Guatemala. They're going to have a new church. They're going to have a place for their family to live. No, Lord, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a millionaire. I can't be a part. I don't want to be a part of that. And, 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 and we say, Lord, I want my kids to be saved. And God's saying, just bring them to the house of God. Pray on them every night. Open the word with them. Lay your hands on them. Pray with them. Pray in the Holy Ghost over. You know, do those things. And we say, Lord, no, no, no. I just want you to save them. I just want you to pop a church up in Guatemala. I just want you to magically supply. And God's saying, no, I've already put it in your hands. I want you to participate in the miracle. I don't want to do it for you. I want to do it with you. And I want to do it through you. And God has already oftentimes given to us in our hands what we need. And so here I want to just give you a few simple things today that I think will help your faith. The first thing is, I want to just tell you, it's, you never have enough. But if you'll give Jesus your not enough, little is much when you give Jesus your not enough. I feel like my whole life has been not enough. 
I, I mean, I, I've, I've never been like, okay, I've got everything I need. Has anybody else ever been? I, I got all the time I need. I got all the treasure I need. I got all the talent. I, I've never been there. Maybe some of y'all are there. I don't know. But I'm never there. I'm, I feel like my whole life has never been enough. I feel like the story of, of my life, I feel like the story even of my time at this church, I never felt like I was enough. Thank you, Brother Santos. Yes, I know, I know. And you never feel enough. This church was crazy. They voted in a 28-year-old kid to be the pastor. I don't know. Was, uh, I was not enough. I'm still not enough. I'll never be enough. But, but we just said, okay, God, if this is the call, if this is the assignment, if this is the purpose, if you need somebody to step out, I'll step out. If you need somebody to speak up, I'll speak up. If you need, if you need somebody to just give you what I have, it's only five loaves and two fish. But if you, if you ju- it's not enough, but, but I'll give you what I've got. And I tell you, if you get that spirit in you and just say, Lord, it might not be enough, but I know little is much in the hands of the master. I might not know everything, but I know what you did for me. I might not have it all figured out, but I know Jesus is the answer. I don't have enough, but Jesus, you are enough. And if you'll give Jesus you're not enough, he has a way of bridging the gap. I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to just live in that place where, okay, I've got enough. Because what Jesus wants to do is more than what you have. And so if, 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 you, if you've got this much, he wants to do a little more than that. And so don't just be complacent with that because there's a miracle in the stretch. I don't want to be comfortable and complacent with just what we're currently doing. I, 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 want, I want God to do more. I look around and it's 9 a.m. I don't know. It's kinda, it looks like a little overcast outside. But it's a good crowd for the 9 a.m. service. You know, for years, two, three, four, I don't know, we were... Packed to the gills in this house, front to back, left to right. Ushers were sweating, bringing chairs over from next door. Everything that happened last year, we just thought, you know what? We felt like the Lord had been putting it on our heart to just do two services. We'll have the band sing the same songs. I'll preach the same message, and we'll just we'll just make room for more people because what God was doing was bringing more people than we had chairs. And when God brings more people than you have chairs. It's time to just step out and say, God, I don't know how. I don't know exactly. It's not enough. We don't have enough people on the team. We don't have enough teacher. We don't have maybe enough ushers. We might not have enough uh, music. For, but we're just, we're just going to give you our not enough. And I look around right now, and I'll tell you the 11th service is going to be full. It's a great crowd right now because there's a miracle when you just give God what you have. Oh, I want to preach that today. Give God what you have. Do what you can do. Say what you can say. And God will bless the stretch. God will bless that stretch. And I, I, uh, I feel the same way about the kids next door, I was going to say. But I, I went too long on the offering time, so I'll just leave that there. But I just believe God is big enough for big faith. I believe God is big enough to answer big prayers. I believe God is big enough for big miracles. I believe God is big enough for big blessings, big harvest, big revival, lots of salvations, enough grace, enough mercy. 
I, I like to tell people, he, he might have filled somebody in the altar with the Holy Ghost, but he didn't run out. There's enough Holy Ghost for this side of the altar, for the back row, for the left, for the right, for the front. He's not running out. So give him what you've got, and he blesses the rest. You know, I just, I just want to tell you, I, I just, I just want to break it to you. You'll never have enough for what God really wants to do. The disciples said the people are hungry, and Jesus says, bring me what you got. And they said, this is what I love. They said, Lord, we've only got five barley loaves and two fish. Now, I've preached this a lot of times about the five loaves and two fish, and I always thought that, you know, it was this big old loaf of bread, like the, the Cuban bread, right? You know, the big old loaf of bread, like that's this. And I'm like, well, you know, that could stretch a little bit, right? I mean, everybody gets a crumb. You know, I mean, maybe not 5,000 people, but you might be able to stretch those big long loaves over a good, you know, some people. But you know that a barley loaf is just uh, like a little dinner roll. It's something they bring out at the steakhouse in the middle of the table. Somebody just got blessed right there. Somebody's going to take you out back after church, Texas Roadhouse. They got butter on them at Texas Roadhouse. But uh, it, 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 what, it wasn't enough. And Jesus invites them to be a part of the miracle. And they respond to Jesus with an excuse. And here's what I've learned. When God puts something on your heart, you can say yes, or you can have an excuse. And there's really no middle ground. Because none of us really tell God no. We tell him an excuse. <laughs> right? Let's be honest. We, if we say no, we think we're going to get struck by a lightning bolt or something. I'm not going to say no. But I'm going to say, Lord, you know there's somebody better than me. That's what Moses did. You know there's somebody better than me, right? There's somebody that has more money than me, right? There's somebody that can speak better than me, right? We don't tell God no. We tell him yes or an excuse. And the Lord says, I don't want your excuse. I want what you have. Yes, Lord, I know it's not enough, but here's what I've got. Or you can say, Lord, it's not enough. I'll just, I'll just set this one out. And I think so many of us bring the excuse. And Moses said, Lord, you know, I can't speak, right? And God says, God eliminates that excuse. He says, I made your mouth. I made mouths that don't work. I made mouths that do work. I made your mouth. If I wanted to fix your speech impediment, I could. But I just want to use your not enough. And guess what? You're not enough. As long as it's anointed and bold and say what I told you to say, you'll go into the Pharaoh's throne room and my people will be set free. My people will be let go. And so we think our limitations is an excuse, but Jesus does not. And so when they came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you know that it's only five loaves and two fish? Do you think Jesus was surprised by that? Oh, forget it. You think Jesus said, oh, forget it. It's only five. Oh, I, I thought it was, I thought you had 5,000 loaves. You only have five. Oh, just forget about it. No, he knew what they had. He knew what they had. He wasn't so, oh, it's only one loaf. Oh, it's only, oh. No, he knew what they had. When he calls you, he knows what you have. He didn't say, oh, I thought they had more food than that. He's not going to say, oh, I thought you were more talented. 
I thought you were more spiritual. I thought you had more money. Oh, I forgot you had that in your past. Oh, I forgot you failed last week. Oh, I forgot that you... No, he's not saying that. When he calls you, he knows you're not enough. But he wants you to give him you're not enough. He's not shocked by it. Come on, somebody ought to help me today. He knows your limitations. He knows your frailty. He knows your weakness. But he wants to use your not enough. And you'll always feel unqualified. But if you'll give him your not enough, if you give him your yes, it might, I'll tell you, sometimes it's a yes with a lot of faith. But I'll tell you, serving God, sometimes it's a, okay, yeah, if that's what you want. I, I, don't, I don't think all the time when people in the Bible say, or God's people in the kingdom today say yes, I don't think it's always a, a yes. I think sometimes it's a yes, Lord. When Jonah got spit up by the whale on the, boat, uh, on the beach, I don't think he'd come out of that whale like, yes! <laughs> it was like, yes, Lord. Okay. Sometimes it's that. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. And I'll tell you, sometimes you're, sometimes, you ever gave an offering and as the plate's going by, you're thinking, uh-oh, wonder if I could get that back real quick. <laughs> wonder if I could take one of those zeros off of there. Sometimes it's a yes, yes. It doesn't have to always be a yes. God just wants your yes. Because he knows it's not enough. You know it's not enough. But all he needs is a yes. And I think sometimes, I think, Lord, I don't know what this can do in so many. I don't know what this one church is going to do in Guatemala, in a country that is hurting, in a world that needs saving, in a world that needs Jesus in a world that needs a spirit-filled church, in a world that needs the gospel, in, 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 in a village, in a, in, is it even enough for that city? Is it even enough for that, that county? I don't know. But Lord, I know that you can maybe do something with my not enough. Maybe there'll be a revival in that church that there's two pastors that go out, that there's three pastors. Maybe there'll be a child that comes up in that church that becomes a missionary or an event. I don't know what's one church. I don't know, but I know that God can do a lot with my not enough. Oh, would somebody believe that in the house? The second point, I told you this was going to be easy, but Jesus blesses the not enough. He's, verse 18, let me see it, Carlin's. He says, let me have it. Give it to me. He says, let me have them. Let me have that lunch. In verse 19, he looks up to heaven. He gives thanks and he blesses it. My not enough becomes enough when I put it in his hands. Jesus receives your not enough, but there's some sort of, there's some sort of blessing that happens. And here's what I want to show you. The blessing happens when you put it in God's hands. And I, I want to give away my last point, but I'm going to hold it back. The blessing happens in God's hands. And my not enough became enough 
in his hands. The blessing came on it in his hands. Jesus receives my not enough and it's blessed in the hands of God. Here's how Hebrews uh, chapter 7 verse 8 says it. Did I put that in there, Carlins? Uh, Somebody help me out. Somebody, I'm going to just go old school here. I see somebody's Bible open on the front row. Just somebody, somebody give me a, a nod if I'm in the book. It says, Here's, here mortal men, Hebrews 7 and 8. How many folks got a Bible? I just feel, just feel comfortable today. Open a Bible there with me. Uh, pretend we don't have the screen. It says, Hebrews 7 and 8. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. Carlins, if you can throw up Hebrews 7 and 8, New King James, I know you're quick up there. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Throw it up anytime you got it, Carlins. I want to say it this way. It's Jesus that receives that offering. It's Jesus that receives that tithe. And it's blessed in the hands of God. That Hebrews 7 and 8 is powerful because when I realize that, I realize that I'm taking something out of the natural and now it becomes supernatural. I'm taking something out of my pocket. I I had it in New King James there, Carlins. It's all right. Um, I'm taking something out of my pocket and I'm putting it in heaven's throne room. I'm taking something out of the natural, and it's becoming supernatural. And that's how it becomes a sacred thing. That's how it becomes a holy thing. That's how it becomes a blessed thing. I might give it through the church, but I'm giving it to Jesus. I might give it through the church, but it's, it's in Jesus' hands. He's the one that's receiving it. He's the one that's blessing it. And every time I take money out of the world system, I'm putting it in God's kingdom. And so I'm taking, oh, that's powerful right there. I'm taking something that is paper money from the world's economy and I'm translating it to a church in God's kingdom, to ministry in God's kingdom, to somebody being baptized, to somebody being saved, to somebody. And remember, it's God that's doing it, but he's doing it through you. He's doing it with you. And so I'm taking this, this what, what the offering goal is $10,000 for one church. I'm taking paper money from my pocket and it's turning into a house of God. That's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. And so every time I give, I'm giving Jesus something to bless. Every time I give, I'm taking something out of the world system and I'm transferring it to God's kingdom. Every time I give, I am activating the law of sowing and reaping and harvest. Every time I give, I'm telling my money that it's not the master, but Jesus is my master. Every time I give, I'm declaring Jesus is Lord over my finances. Every time I give, I'm inviting the supernatural power of God in my 
life. Every time I give, I'm opening the window of heaven to replace and pour out more than I even gave the first time. Every time I give, God is, is chasing off and rebuking the devourer that might come against me or my family. Every time I give, Jesus blesses it. It's powerful. And so I don't give to just walk outside and money falls in my pocket. But I give knowing that I'm partnering with God, that he is rebuking the devourer, that he is chasing off the spoiler, that God is fighting for me, that God is protecting me, providing for me. He's pouring out a blessing in my life and it will change my life. It will change my future. I don't ever like to preach that it will happen overnight, but it will change your life as you walk and trust him. Music come. I've got to come to a close. Um, last thing I want to say is that the miracle happens in your hands. Now this is powerful because sometimes we miss. We think the miracle happened in Jesus's hands. The blessing happened in his hands. The blessing happened in his hands, but the miracle happens in our hands. That's powerful. Now, the miracle wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the blessing. But the miracle happens in our hands after it's been blessed in his hands. I'm just imagining Jesus lifting up that bread and praying over it. I'm imagining the disciples praying too. Everybody's got their eyes closed. Jesus says, Amen. I'm imagining the disciples open their eyes, expecting to see this feast, the bread and fish multiplied when they open their eyes. And I feel like maybe when that didn't happen and they just still see five loaves and two fish, maybe they're thinking, okay, Lord, are we going to pray again? Are we going to close our eyes and pray with a little more oomph? Are we going we gonna to say in Jesus' name a little louder? We're going to pray again. That's not what happened. Jesus puts the bread back into the hands of the disciples. Remember, what God wants to do for you, he will do through you. He wants you to be a part of the miracle. He wants you to be part of the story. We could pray today and open our eyes and just say, Lord, I hope there's a church out there somewhere. We could pray, open our eyes and just say, Lord, I hope there's folks that, that find Jesus out there and are saved. But he's putting it back in our hands. Because the blessing is in his hands, but the miracle happens in our hands. And so as he hands the bread to Matthew, to Thomas, to James, to John, to Peter, to Andrew... I'm imagining Peter thinking, I might have actually just named more than five disciples there. I don't know. And they're thinking, how's this going to go? And if I'm Peter, I'm looking down and I'm taking the tiniest morsel off of this little dinner roll because I'm thinking, this has to go to 5,000 families. And I break it off and I give it to the first guy and the first guy's like, What's this? But then Peter sees that it's replaced. 
And he goes to the second guy and he breaks off a, a little a fingernail size. And he puts it in his hand. Boom, it's replaced. And all of a sudden, the miracle is happening in the hand of Peter. And Peter now tears off a little more and breaks it off and gives it. Breaks it off and gives it. Breaks it off and gives it. Breaks it off and releases it. And every time he broke it off and released it, more appeared in his hands. The Bible said after they fed 5,000, they went and gathered up 12 baskets of leftovers, of what was left over. And here's what I want to say today. The blessing happens in God's hands, but the miracle happens in our hands because God has put in our hands what, enough to do the miracle. And I, I want to say today, sometimes it just requires us to, to break some things off and to release it into God's hands. I want to break off that excuse and release it into God's hands. I want to break off that lack of faith and release it into God's hands. I want to break off that fear of lack and release it into God's hands. I want to break off that fear of whatever it is and just release it into God's hands. Because I'll tell you that the miracle happens when we trust God and we step out and we begin to say, Lord, I don't think it's enough, but if you've already blessed it, I'm just going to trust that blessing. Break it off and release. Break it off and release. Break it off and release. And the Bible says that it just kept appearing more and more and more and they never ran out until the end and they had more left over than they, already, than they even started with. Say it with me today. I want to come to a close. I don't know what kind of miracle you need in your life, but I want to tell you that you have in your hands what you need for that miracle in your life. I want to open this altar today and just even kind of broaden the scope of what we're talking about today and say that sometimes God is just waiting on us to break some things off of our life and all of a sudden the miracle is released in our hands. So I don't know what you've been fighting. I don't know what you've been praying for. But I just believe in this moment that miracles are possible. I believe if we'll just say, Lord, I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to say yes. That God can do a miracle in your life here this morning. Worship team's going to sing. I'm going to open this altar. I know we've been talking about this effort here in Guatemala. But I just want to open it up today and say, you know what? There's a miracle in this house for you today. I believe there's a miracle from what God can do in this place. Would you just lift your hands and pray with me today? Lord Jesus, I just pray in this house, God. Lord, you see the needs of your people, God. There are people in this house, Lord, that need healing. God, there's people in this house that need provision. God, as we lift our hands to you, we receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. 